Hello and welcome to another episode of Biblio Banter. As the shortlist for the Women's Prize for Fiction, name your corporate sponsorship here, was announced recently, we thought it would be interesting to discuss book prizes and the impact they have on the publishing industry and book studies. In order to do this, we have invited a very special guest, Dr. Simon Rosenberg, who has worked for the Chair of Book Studies at the University of Munster since 2007, and over the last couple of years has been primarily responsible for the Chair, acting as teacher and mentor for book study students in the graduate programs of the English department. His research interests include the transitional phases of the book, printing press, industrial age, digital age, and of late he has been researching our topic for today, book prize culture in the Anglophone world. Welcome and thanks for joining us. I'm Laura. I'm Ellen. I'm Erin. I'm Nesvalia. And I'm happy that you invited me. So we have a few questions for you and we hope to have a stimulating discussion. What sparked your interest in book prizes? Was it a particular event or prize? Mm -hmm. It's a good question, especially considering the not so interesting culture of book prizes in Germany. I think uh, compared to the British or the American situation, I think the German version is so meh. I'm pretty sure that um, Wolf Hall winning the Booker Prize in 2009, I think that is where it started for me, where I had a predominantly interest in following the Booker Prize, because at that time I was interested in that time, early 16th century, not only because I was doing research in book studies in the, at that time, but I was also a little bit interested in <clears throat> uh, the Tudors, that, uh, uh, the, the, the show. Series? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and um, uh, Hilary Mantel's uh, Wolf Hall was pretty nice, unique way of addressing uh, that time uh, without the soap opera elements that the Tudors uh, apparently uh, used. So from then on, I was a regular follower of the Booker Prize. That I'm pretty sure this is where it, where it started. It's overlapping interests though, right? I mean, value is one of your main yeah, sure. interests in book studies. And obviously one way that books get value of different kinds is the mm -hmm. prizes. Well, that was too early. I don't. I don't think I talked about values back then. Two thousand nine <laughs> okay. was just really when I was trying to find a PhD topic. But so yes, you're right. Of course. Came first. Yes. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh. Dr. Rosenberg, you're obviously interested in book prizes, but then we're also all involved in a book club mm -hmm. uh, where we read the long list and the short list of books up for book prizes. And right now, we're all reading books from the Women's Prize for Fiction. Long uh, list and short. Long list and short list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And besides, so these years, Women's Prize for Fiction is going to be awarded on June 5th. But as Ellen said, you started a book prize book club. Could you tell us a little bit how you came up with this somewhat unusual book club, how it works, and what you want people to get out of it? First of all, I don't know if it's that unusual to talk about shortlisted or longlisted books in a prize um, in general, it's not unusual to talk about it, but it's um, the club is unusual in how it functions as compared to a book club where everybody reads the same book and talks mm -hmm. about the content. Because mm -hmm. we all read different books and then we can you know, swap them. Once we have a book, then we can right. all exchange, but we don't necessarily all read the same book at right. the same time. Right. right. It is yeah. more book studies oriented. Yeah, maybe. I think with all uh, interesting events that book studies offers, I think the, the main idea maybe stems more from a student or was inspired by a student than um, myself coming up with the idea, I think. Uh, maybe just talking to people. Uh, in general, I think what I found out in the last few years that I taught book studies here, whenever I talked, I wanted to talk to students about literature, novels, etc. 
it, it struck me as how little they read or are they uh, how little they are aware of current literature it seems that there is not that much interest and at first i thought it was the books that i was reading back in the day maybe literature was too old but then i was even referring to books that are nominated they didn't know and sometimes i think they didn't even care about it that was a little bit i mean maybe i'm just being too pessimistic because certainly there are students who are interested in reading uh, i would just assume that the uh, mm -hmm. four of you are sitting here uh, more from this group but there are certainly also students that are not interested so i wanted to just see if people would be interested uh, because it's an added incentive i think uh, if you talk about books if you read them so that was the ma main idea just to get students read maybe just prove myself wrong that people are actually students are interested mm -hmm. uh, in books after all and that is always fun because the mechanisms of book prizes are so shady and you don't really know what they are judging uh, and it would just be interesting to see what we so we are on university level I mean we know a little bit about literature even though it's book studies but everybody dabbled in literary studies mm -hmm. I would think everybody has a decent background knowledge of literature mm -hmm. it would just be interesting to see what we all think about a book is it price worthy whatever that means and we had good experience with the Booker Prize which we did the years before uh, the year before the Costa was also a nice experience uh, now the uh, Women's Prize for Fiction, and it will be interesting to see um, what we think about the shortlist. We got the shortlist pretty much right. I mean, mm -hmm. five out of six we got right, so mm -hmm. we are basically a good jury. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are. Would one of you want to give a brief summary of what the Women's Prize for Fiction is for the listeners who have no idea what this is? Yeah, I mean, basically what happened was um, in the 1990s, I think early 1990s, uh, the Booker Prize, the most prestigious prize in, in probably the uh, most prestigious prize in Britain, had a shortlist and it was uh, a scandal basically because it was six men. There was no woman on the shortlist. And statistics show that around about 60% of all published books in Britain are written by women. So a lot of women, but also some men, they were complaining about this. How is this possible that there's no woman? Uh, so basically you have the idea, first of all, either women are not good enough writers to um, get the Booker Prize or it's basically sexism. So the idea was to establish a prize with a lot of money in the background, so because you need to have this, uh, that uh, awards uh, fiction written by women to compensate for this. So basically you create awareness of the sexism that women are um, exposed to. So that was the basic idea and they I think the first one was um, awarded in 1996 uh, so a few years after that and ever since then it's thriving it's controversially discussed whether or not we need a women's prize for fiction we have feminists who say we need it we have feminists who say uh, how dare you A.S. Byatt said I don't want any of my books longlisted I don't want to be part of this uh, but you have a lot of uh, women who say yes we need this so the shortlist for the Women's Prize for Fiction in 2019 includes Milkman by Anna Burns, which was the Booker Prize winner for 2018, An American Marriage by Tayari Jones, Ordinary People by Diana Evans, Silence of the Girls by Pat Barker, Kierka by Madeline Miller, and My Sister, the Serial Killer by Oyinkan. Brightweight. I'm really sorry for the pronunciation. I'm terrible at that. 
I guess my question would be, do book prizes actually relate to industry or consumer standard of good writing, or has it become about publicity and which works authors, publishing companies want to push? Is there any legitimacy to prizes anymore, especially if you think of the recent controversy with the Nobel Prize, among others? Mm. I mean, I could ask the question, has there ever been importance mm -hmm. of book prizes? We could say it has always been marketing. Mm -hmm. If we think of modern prizes, it's the Nobel Prize that set mm -hmm. the main rules. This is still, it's even though it's over 100 years old now, mm -hmm. it's still very contemporary. When you see what they're doing, it's pretty close to what, what book prizes are still doing nowadays. And that already started, I mean, it was written um, in Swedish, uh, the last will of um, Alfred Nobel, but he said the, the person should win with the work uh, in a most ideal direction, something to the extent. Mm -hmm. So what is ideal direction? What does he mean? What, what kind of ideology are we talking about? Mm -hmm. And that was in Swedish, it was interpreted and was translated mm -hmm. into different languages. So what was going to be nominated in the first place? Mm -hmm. That was already and still debated. What right. does it actually mean? Um, and you can still say this for all the other prizes. The Booker is just um, uh, awarding it to the uh, best fiction in the opinion of the judges. That's all they say. Mm -hmm. uh, the Women Prize, the same, only with um, uh, women uh, mm -hmm. have to write it and has to be more accessible. That's mm -hmm. what they put into their claim. It's accessibility. Um, so th there are obviously these difference, uh, uh, these uh, differentiations. I'm pretty sure that there are judges who are very serious about their job and they want to give attention to worthy books. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's still taste, it's still opinions, and then there are different uh, struggles within the jury. But there might also be, if you think about the mechanisms again, it's the publishers that suggest mm -hmm. the books. There might be uh, a recent phenomenon where a certain novel was longlisted for three prizes. Mm -hmm. Um, and we talked about this book and most of us agreed that it was not really, it was a nice read, but it was not really something earth shattering. And now the publisher is um, selling it as like the phenomenon of the 21st mm -hmm. century of in the, publishing. Wasn't it of the decade? Of the decade, yeah, something, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and how, uh, how on earth this book can be labeled as mm -hmm. that? I don't know. It's a nice young adult novel, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But so obviously, the, the um, I think it's Faber and Faber, mm -hmm. and they just suggest it, and they have a long history of long-listed books. Mm -hmm. So uh, they can suggest it, and it's going to. So this is certainly, in my opinion, this is more marketing and the, the power of the, even though it is an uh, individual, uh, um, independent publisher, it's mm -hmm. not one of the big mm -hmm. ones, um, It's they still have some power to, to push this. So, yeah, it's, it's always a bit of both. But I think some judges are uh, within the jury, right. they are honest. Well, a follow-up question to that. Um, so this would seem to be a pretty huge influence on the field of cultural production. So how does that really affect us as readers, as consumers? What I mean, and how far does this go from... Uh, governments telling us what lists of books we should read and how we should be influenced. Mm, interesting. <laughs> we can, to the extreme. <laughs> yeah, a, li a little bit. Yeah, I would. Uh, maybe in certain countries and certain right. cultures, this might be right. the case. I would still trust the German uh, mm -hmm. situation to some extent. I don't know about the U.S. at the moment, but um, <laughs> we can't not be affected mm -hmm. by prices. We see. I mean, even the Booker Prize, even though it is English literature. 
you read in German newspapers mm. about it, in Spanish and Portuguese newspapers, just really it's a global thing. Mm. And you have stickers, you know, mm. it's long listed, it's short listed, it won the prize. In no matter which translation you get or which version, the, the, the American, the British uh, version or even the translations, there's a sticker there. You mm -hmm. have tables, the Booker Prize nominated mm -hmm. list, etc. So it's also the everyday. It's not just people who work in this field, even especially right. people, everyday readers, the common reader. They are drawn to these mm -hmm. uh, prize-winning uh, novels just because, and then they read it. I sort of have a follow-up to the mm -hmm. follow-up question, <laughs> in a way. So that all makes me think about other book prizes, like, for example, Nebula or Hugo Award, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which both, I think, switched to online voting of readers, mm -hmm. so basically they because don't really have mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. panel of judges, they mm -hmm. just have readers really go online, register and vote for this or that title. Do you think that would be more democratic solution for this issue? Well, by its definition, it would be more democratic. Um, I was also thinking about <laughs> that because um, it's a little bit like, so like referendum, some some questions are too complex for the uh, for the general public to, to really find a good answer to. How much this would apply to literature, I don't know. You would just assume that people in the jury would know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. What are the um, categories we're thinking of? So what does make a good book? But then we could also ask, why should they know more about it than we do? Mm -hmm. And if you look at some winners of the Booker or the Women's Prize for Fiction, you don't know the title, you don't know the author. It won one year, it was news for a week, mm -hmm. and they just uh, mm -hmm. went just out of consciousness. Mm -hmm. They are basically unknown. Sometimes you can't even order the book more right. anymore because it was um, it's no longer published. Mm -hmm. So how important, how well chosen are these prizes? Mm -hmm. And I have to, uh, because I was also thinking about the books I read over the years that won prizes and I read them because they won prizes. Mm -hmm. Only a few of them were interesting for me, have a connection, I would still talk mm -hmm. about these. Mm -hmm. There's sense of an ending. Even How to Be Both, which uh, I think we uh, discussed a few weeks ago, which won the Women's Prize for Fiction. It wasn't a nice read, but it was really interesting talking about it and then it would stay with me, mm -hmm. uh, which is something that literature is supposed mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, But there are a lot of novels I read and I don't know why this won the prize yeah this sometimes happens that nobody knows why it won so you might be right that the, maybe the public should decide mm -hmm. uh, you talk about the integrity of the judges mm -hmm. do you personally believe that the judges read all of the books um, they are asked or no. tasked with reading yeah i doubt that they read i mean there are there are over 100 books for the booker for example they, I mean, they might browse through some of the copies and they will definitely read books they're interested in, but sometimes, I, I mean, I, I don't know, uh, you can only spot, speculate. Mm -hmm. We have, obviously, we have uh, uh, former judges who complained about other judges, like they, mm -hmm. they never read the books. Mm -hmm. How can they even judge it? So it's a, it's a fair mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. It must be pretty hard to really read all the books. And appreciate it. And As well, yeah. It, it, it becomes this, okay, I have to finish 30 pages today, you just look at the words maybe but not really appreciate the the overall narrative yeah. i think here we can recommend uh, the book which is a fiction work of fiction but still sort of relates to the book prizes mm -hmm. it's um, lost for words mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken by the, the patrick melrose author yes exactly <laughs> edward st Alban. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which was interesting because he was never nominated for the Booker Prize, or he never won it. Uh, and well, you can he, see that in his book, why? <laughs> yeah, and, and he, he won a prize for this book, so which is basically, it's a, 
a satire on book prices. So it's the mm-hmm. uh, Elysium uh, Prize, which is, if you read it, it's pretty close to what the booker does. So it's very, it's very funny. It's a highly recommended. Yes, certainly. On that note, there's actually a less by Andrew Sean Greer. Oh, uh-huh. um, the main character is an author trying mm-hmm. to win the Pulitzer Prize, mm-hmm. and the author of less won the Pulitzer mm-hmm. Prize mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. less. That's nice. So going back to the prize we're talking about today, the Women's Prize for Fiction, and there is always this question looming above it, as it's Women's Prize for Fiction, so it's exclusively for works written by female authors. The question is, there a feminist issue within it? Is it so necessary to have this prize that's primarily for women? Is it, like in our, how some people claim post-feminist? Um, time age i don't know mm-hmm. um is it actually so necessary to have a separate designated price for women mm-hmm. yeah so my first reaction to that is i asked the same question to my class a year ago and then mm-hmm. while i was asking the question i noticed that i was the only male person in the room <laughs> and i asked like 10 15 <laughs> young women about this and nobody wanted to talk about it and then i felt pretty much uncomfortable i shouldn't be because we should have this academic distance Mm -hmm. to this just assume so we are just discussing this it's not like i have a personal agenda and i want to destroy feminist movement or whatever but then we have certain pretty strong feminists uh, over the years who were pretty critical about this Mm -hmm. um if you think of uh, jermaine greer Pretty uh, critical about the women's. About, about the, yes, sorry, yes, about the women's, but not about feminism. Um, <laughs> um, but Jermaine Gree, I think she said, what next? Uh, a prize for best red hair author. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you think about the history of the women's press of fiction, it just came into being because one shortlist in the early 90s by the booker was exclusively male. So this obviously was a counter reaction. Mm-hmm. And added to that, um, the women's press of fiction had, uh, as a, a prize reward, had, uh, I think, even. Uh, double the price than the booker at that time was something about it. This was the most, uh, it had the highest uh, money connected to it. So then men were a little bit uh, annoyed that they couldn't be, uh, that they weren't eligible for the prize. So that's how the, which is what you need. I mean, this is basically what the logic of a uh, prize is about. It's about awareness and attention. So it got the attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not we still need it, if you look at, and I would say if you see, so the Women's Press for Fiction was established in the 90s, mid 90s. Ever since then, there were more and more women getting into the longlist, the shortlist, and uh, I would guess also more women won statistically. Uh, so there was an impact, definitely. My personal opinion is it's still necessary to keep up the uh, awareness and this uh, differentiation. But then we could ask, what's women's writing? Is it just about being a female author or other topics in there? And that is one of my, uh, what I think is the most interesting question. Are the topics that are nominated and basically those who, who win, do they have a feminist topic? And then we can discuss about mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. because some of these books that are shortlisted right now, like Silence of the Girls, there's a definite mm-hmm. uh, feminist um, appeal to it, I'd say. Milkman too, Circe mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. American Marriage also, but this is about a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, sister, The um, Serial Killer, is also, I think, a feminist book. So I think this does not go, uh, go unnoticed uh, with the shortlist, but officially it's just about any book uh, written by a woman so it doesn't have to be a feminist mm-hmm. issue etc mm-hmm. it doesn't have to have strong female characters it just has to be a good book yeah. 
Well, I think this is a good place to note that three novels that are shortlisted for the Women's Prize for Fiction are also on the 2019 Orwell Prize for Political Writing, Wellness. Oh, okay. So interesting. It's a nice crossover there. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you. Uh -oh. Would it make a difference? So I, this is probably not a um, politically correct uh, question. I did ask a similar question a few years ago and uh, everybody shook their head and all. But would it make a difference if you read one of these novels that are predominantly like almost anti-female if they were written by a man? Because I saw, so the question I had uh, two, three years ago, uh, there was a novel which was exclusively about gay couples. Mm -hmm. And it was written by a woman, mm -hmm. and she was a lesbian. She's a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And then I was just asking, it was, a was about a different book, but uh, how, so that my question was, is literary studies looking into that when the mm -hmm. author, uh, the biography of the author maybe shows that they don't have at least experience, they cannot experience because they're different gender and sexuality, etc. Is this, how does this, how is this addressed from a literary studies perspective? Uh, the same, so can a, can uh, so if, if it's a woman writing a critical novel about women or the mm -hmm. role of women in something in politics, etc., uh, can it be? Uh, would it? Would you read it differently? Would you have less tolerance for the novel it was written by a man? So I guess first of all, in literary studies, it depends on the the school because a lot of schools prefer um, to disregard the figure of the author, the background, and try to see the work of fiction as a separate thing. Um, That's still a thing? The death of the author? The, exactly, yeah. So <laughs> the author is that, so we only look at, at, at the reception of it. But then again, from my own experience, I still find it really hard to, to sort of um, divide the two. I think anyone who's interested in book history probably really doesn't like that idea. Dividing those, yeah. those things. They, I mean, they're even more elements you should it probably just, consider. Right. Yeah. 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 But your person, I mean, your personal experience when you read a book and then does it make a difference if it's a man or a woman writing it? Mm. I mean, we talk about the Women's Prize for Fiction, so I was just uh, curious about that. I was just recently in a very heated debate that didn't end with any resolution um, about regarding this. We were talking about men saying what women's desires are and women saying the same thing. So I do believe there is a point when a woman talks about female experience, she sort of knows a bit more mm -hmm. than a man does. Mm -hmm. So in this case, the male author presents his opinion on that, mm -hmm. which is not how the things really are. So it could be, it, it's very biased. So I guess in this case, I would be more tolerant to a woman author mm -hmm. critiquing or writing about a um, feminist or female issue than a male author doing the same. Mm -hmm. There I would be a bit skeptical. Like I would have this in the back of my mind. Like, so this is this like guy writing about an 18 year old college student or mm -hmm. something. I would say the exact same thing. If it would, I would be more open to a woman writing about it. I would read uh, the male's perspective, but I'd be slightly more critical. Where is this information coming from? What research went into these findings? Yeah, I agree to a certain extent. I think what's interesting tying it into the, the Women's Prize for Fiction is that for a really long time, I didn't consider this question at all. I was just used to and assumed that men were in a position to write fiction and they were telling fictional stories and that included both genders or numerous genders. And that was fine. Mm -hmm. 
And I, th- I still think that. I still think that's, mm-hmm. that's true for fiction. I think, you know, you can write a believable person in fiction, no matter what, what you mm-hmm. are. But, if, but how you see the world is going to affect it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes me go like, well, that's why we need the right. Women's Prize for Fiction. Right. Because we just want to have the other people mm-hmm. telling those stories. Maybe it is the same story. Right. Maybe it's exactly the same. Let's see. Right. Yeah. I agree pretty much with Ellen. I have the same experience. I don't really think about the gender of who's writing the novel. Okay, we're reading the Women's Book Prize. So we're thinking so about I it know now. That. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, as far as when I'm reading a book, maybe I'd be more offended if it's a woman writing something really horrific Mm -hmm. in a generalized way about women. It's all about how it's dealt with. I appreciate honesty in fiction as far as emotion goes, as far as feeling goes. If it's not a generalization, if it's not a a stereotype of how a man might see a woman, it's not going to bother me. Um, in talking about books that are on the Women's Prize for Fiction long list, didn't make it to the short list, thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> well, yes, because um, Ellen read a book <laughs> that was... That's how it always all, starts. <laughs> it was almost offensive to women, and there was a question, why is this on... A women's prize for fiction book. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, it was written by a woman. It was. It, that was my question while reading it. I mean, I mm-hmm. understand there's lots of different stories. There's lots of different mm-hmm. women. Some people did really like this book, which I find baffling. But the book is the Pisces. Yeah, it, but it, it did bring up the question. I mean, because it was on the women's prize for fiction, I, while reading, thought, should this be on the women's prize for fiction? But it's true. They, they don't make, they personally don't say that it has to represent women in a positive light. I think what you mean is it's hard to believe in, let's say, a female representation of a character who's insanely like positive and only good always and only is a victim of uh, whatever circumstances in, mm-hmm. in the novel. Because, I mean, I think what you're trying to say like about real representation, objective representation, that mm-hmm. sometimes it's not always positive. Exactly. So, sometimes, sometimes it's, it's not be... positive and sometimes it's positive but you don't personally align with it so it might seem negative to you but but there's lots of women in the world and they might be really happy to be represented in fiction if they don't feel that they always are that might be the case with the Pisces I still really didn't like it I think a good example might be the power which also won the uh, women's prize for fiction Mm -hmm. where women gain powers uh, that ultimately makes them stronger than men and the roles are reversed in um, several cultures and ultimately I would say so spoiler alert uh, the ultimate um, reading is um, power corrupts mm-hmm. like uh, I think most women in, in, in this uh, novel are not really likable and they are not I don't know not ideal human beings I think but couldn't this novel also be read as satirical and then yeah they're sure just making the comment look at what happens with yes, women sure. yes sure mm-hmm. this is what's already right. happening with sure men. yeah so i'd like to add a little bit trauma in our conversation <laughs> trauma yeah so i'm just curious about some traumatic moments in book price history traumatic or no <laughs> traumatic i just keep mispronouncing things it's not the first time if you this have any happening. traumatic ones, yeah. <laughs> yes. well, that could be. Pretty sure a lot of authors have traumatic <laughs> <Yeah, probably>. experiences. <laughs> but what do you mean by dramatic? 
uh, something that's interesting. Like scandals? Like scandals. Mm-hmm. scandals. Yeah, I, I don't think that book prizes can exist without scandals. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, at least that is the uh, one of the main arguments of uh, James English, who, who wrote this monograph, uh, Economy of Prestige, uh, because prizes need awareness, they need mm-hmm. attention, and scandals, they, they just mm-hmm. create attention and then some. Uh, I mean, there, there, there are lots of stories. Um, I mean, even going back to one of the earliest winners of the Booker Prize, uh, John Berger, who accepted the prize money and then said uh, he, was, he was ranting against Booker McConnell, uh, who made money, a lot of money um, in the Caribbean by exploiting basically post-colonial framework. So they, the, the, the workers were exploited. He said, I, I can't accept uh, your ethics and I would donate my prize money to a different uh, institution that uh, represents my idea. So he was really criticizing the institution that was awarding him the prize, which, of course, is a scandal. Mm-hmm. There is the, just recently, uh, the, the archives have been opened up again a little bit, so it a glimpse into the 1986 prize of the Booker Prize, uh, where they uh, showed that the winner was decided by the flip of a coin. It was just recently because the um, there was one uh, judge who who said no I I don't want these two so there were three books I think still under consideration uh, she couldn't really distinguish she couldn't really say this or this because one was just too violent the other one was using the f word four thousand times and she said no this is not good literature I'm not willing to give this award so she uh, dropped on then they just couldn't decide there were just two judges left at that time and they said we have to have a decision by. 7 p.m. because we have a TV show. We have to announce a winner. And they couldn't, so they flipped a coin, which wasn't a scandal then because they didn't know, but now we know, so it's a post-scandal, if you like. So that was obviously nice. We have this uh, story with uh, Anthony Burgess, um, who wrote The Clockwork Orange, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Later mm-hmm. on, he was um, uh, shortlisted for the Booker Prize, but also his nemesis, William Golding. Mm-hmm. He was also mm-hmm. shortlisted, and Burgess said, I will come to the show if you tell me that I win. I won't show up. And then I said, we can't do this. Uh, first of all, we're not doing it anyway, but also we don't know yet who will win. Then he refused to come and then mm-hmm. Golding did win. Uh, I mean, this also, I mean, um, uh-huh. yeah. you have these, uh-huh. yeah, you have these stories. Another question. You've already mentioned uh, James English and how the proliferation of prizes has some logic. Um, would you say, though, with the expansion to more genre, ethnicity, race prizes, is it possible for prizes to lose their prestige? Always. Yeah. I mean, if you have, uh, there are more than, so by now I always quote the 700 prizes in, in Germany alone, it went up to over 1,000 prizes. Mm-hmm. So how many prizes do you know? How many can you follow? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I briefly mentioned the German situation. I, I mean, it changed so many times that we don't, I don't think we really have a Booker Prize uh, we have the Deutsche mm-hmm. Buchpreis, which is from the Frankfurter Buchmesse, mm-hmm. but we also have the Leipziger Buchmesse, which also has a prize. Then we have the Friedenspreis des Deutschen Buchhandels, Georg Büchner Preis. Uh, there, there are so many different prizes, and every now and then you hear about them, but you don't really, I don't think you care that much. Well, in Britain, it's a little bit different. You have the Booker, that mm-hmm. is the prize. Everybody looks to that. Mm-hmm. The Women's Prize is different because it's Women's mm-hmm. Prize. Obviously, Costa is more readable. It's mm-hmm. more like for more people, maybe. It's more middle-brow, maybe. But if you have 700 prizes, if you have 1,000 prizes, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not following everybody. Right. Having said that, I think prizes, as long as genre fiction is still not considered, even mm-hmm. though we have a tendency that the Booker Prize, I mean, we had this last year, a snap was a mm-hmm. crime mm-hmm. novel, mm-hmm. we have a graphic mm-hmm. novel, which yeah. was a big thing right. back then. Mm-hmm. It opened up to genre fiction mm-hmm. a little bit, 
which is a good development. Mm -hmm. I think it should be considered uh, for the, um, you know, the more prestigious prizes. But as long as other genres are not considered, we need the specific the, right. the prizes for this because they also need to have the attention. They, they have a right for, mm -hmm. for that. Definitely. I guess my question would be, I'm really curious, what do you imagine the future of book prizes is going to be like? Well, uh, what future are we talking about? Two years, 10 years? Yeah. 200 years 10 years is enough i, I think we're gonna yeah. have to rethink printing books on paper maybe in 200 years yeah i that's i mean that is the the overall um answer i would give first of all it's all about attention but awareness if this is no longer interesting for people then it doesn't exist which brings us to the question of how important will novels be in 50 years in 100 years because i like to think that longer narratives are very important not also not only uh, historically but also nowadays but uh, we do have the development that uh, the younger generation has problems focusing mm -hmm. on a longer narrative and it's all about short messages it's all about you know uh, tweets and uh, instagram stories etc longer stories are no longer welcome and they have problems concentrating for a longer time i mean it's concentrate longer than a 70 minute episode of game of thrones maybe concentrate for a few weeks i mean not mm. without a break mm -hmm. but some books you know um tolstoy 900 pages or even more it takes weeks sometimes even months to focus mm. on one narrative and um, people don't seem to be that interested in doing that and if this if this is a development then we won't need books anymore and then it's the question, will book prices be even more important because fewer people read it, but then it will be more elitist. So that would be a very bleak future. Mm. I tend to be a little bit more optimistic, but uh, talking about the um, relevance and the future of book prices, uh, what is interesting is, so we have the so-called booker bounce. That means that as, uh, long, as soon as you're long listed for the booker price, already the sales go up. So people are more mm. interested in that novel, but also in uh, your work in general. Mm -hmm. And they call it the Booker Bounce, which was the winner is just amazing. If you look at the statistics, uh, Richard Flanagan, who won 2014, uh, was really impressive. Uh, that Booker Bounce doesn't bounce that much anymore. So okay. it's less of an impact. So That's the amazing. last few years, it was not as impressive as the previous uh, decades. So winning so the it's, book prize doesn't it's mean your less, sales... It's less of an impact, at least from an economic perspective. So uh -huh. whether this is just a blip and it will go back again. I mean, I think it first started with the um, seven... Oh, boy. The Jamaican history winner. of seven killings. History of seven killings. That yeah. maybe that is just something that people are not that interested in, even though it sounds interesting. I mean, it's the, about the, the um, attempt to... Yeah, the assassination mm -hmm. attempt of Bob Marley. But it's the first Jamaican winner. Maybe people mm -hmm. weren't that interested... Also, the, the, um, I think the Anna Burns are winning, I think it was the, uh, the one after that. I don't know about the Paul Beatty and the uh, George Saunders, uh, but they weren't that impressive. So the Booker Bounce wasn't that mm. impressive. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see if this was a blip or if it goes back to the uh, average mm -hmm. strength of the Booker Bounce. So we do have a game prepared. It's based on, Aaron, do you know this game, Two Truths, One Lie? Or we could also play it two lies, one truth. And you have to say you have to say everything as if it is all the truth or all a lie. And then the other person has to guess which one doesn't fit. So for example, if I'm saying two truths, one lie, I could say my name is Aaron. I I like ferrets and I have a goat. And then you would have to tell me well, I know that Aaron likes ferrets, so... 
guessing. I know your name is Aaron. I'm guessing the goat one is the lie. The goat one is the lie. That's so disappointing. I know. I know. So that's how they get marks. So we have three book titles. One of them is a real prize winner, and two of them are not. Actually, maybe let's talk a little bit about the prize that they come from. This is the Diagram Prize for Oddest Title, Uh, and I know that you've heard of it. Have you heard of it? No, I have not. Oh, really? It started in 1978 by Trevor Baunford and Bruce Robertson of the Diagram Group as, quote, a way to avoid boredom at the Frankfurt Book Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about Because this is such a boring place, right? (laughs) Yeah. And... It's in the bookseller, which is why it's mm-hmm. in the bookseller magazine. So that's why I figured you you had seen it. And yeah, it's just looking for that year's oddest book title. And since 2000, the winner is decided by public vote. So anyone that's interested can go to the bookseller website and vote on oddest title of the year. And also nominate. If you see a book with a really weird title, uh, you can you can nominate it. So that's what we're doing. We're looking at winners mm-hmm. of the Diagram Prize. But we have also given extra names. Mm-hmm. We've extra made up titles. our own. Yes. titles. And you have to tell us which one you think is the real and which one are fake. Diagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Okay. Yeah, so you always are looking for the, the real one. One real one. Okay. Two Good un- luck. Two <laughs> untruths. Uh, what do I win? Well, so, nothing. But, <laughs> um, uh, so what the actual winner of the Diagram Prize gets is increased publicity for the book. So you're getting increased publicity just by being on our podcast today. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> obviously. And, um, however, the, there is a prize of either a magnum of champagne or a bottle of claret for the person who nominates the winning title. Oh. So actually, in this case, the person who nominates the book mm-hmm. gets wow. kind of a better prize. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty nice prize. Than the book itself. So we'll see. And we didn't bring any of we, that. We, no. we didn't. We should have prepared. Okay. I could offer you a carrot. Well, I prefer cultural capital. That's <laughs> cultural capital, exactly. So, who wants to start? Well, let's have Natalia. So yeah, let's begin with the first uh, Theo, and the first title is Caught in the Act, When Magic Goes Wrong, French Fries, A Freudian Analysis, and The Book of Marmalade, Its Antecedents, Its History, and Its Role in the World Today. Okay, so one is actual, uh, two are actual... One is the real prize. One One is just one, okay, so we made up two. Yes. Okay, so I assume made up books are the french fries and the book of marmalade incorrect you were close <laughs> well, 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 not, i mean french i will fries. always be close <laughs> french fries is a, a fake title mm-hmm. and then caught in the act when magic goes wrong okay. is a fake That's title so the book of marmalade is an actual thing yep. and it published in 1984 oh okay round two eccentric grandparents and a preserve for magical creatures Managing a dental practice, the Genghis Khan way, the nunnery of regret and fine fashion. Well, the first of all, I do remember that price actually. I didn't no, come across this. Yes, now I, now I, yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds, it sounds familiar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh boy, what was the second one? Managing a dental practice, the, the Genghis, Genghis Khan. That's definitely fake. And the magical creatures with the grannies. Yeah. So the, these two are the ones that we've made up: yeah. Genghis Khan and mm-hmm. grandparents. Yeah. 
Managing a dental practice, the Genghis Conway is the real way. The real really? one. Really? Yes. Yeah. Published in 2010 by Radcliffe. It's so. apparently serious business, managing mm -hmm. a dental practice. Next round? Round three? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The perks of hamster breeding. Bomb-proof your horse. <laughs> Sex in the seti. Romantic furniture. One of these is real. One of these is a real book. <laughs> I just feel like that needs to be said. <laughs> so, bomb-proofing your horse sounds almost like a guide for a video game. So, that might be an actual published work. Uh, what was the last one? Sex in the seti. Romantic furniture. That's the right one. That was published. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Fifty Shades. That's how you actually were close. It was bombproof your horse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 2004. J.A. Allen. Okay, round four. What to do with a room full of squares? Quilting for beginners. The Nine Lives of Kathy, comma, Stigmata. The last one is Too Naked for Nazis. Okay, the last one has got to be fake. Uh, the square sounds legit. Nope. Still? <laughs> Come on! I think we're really good at making up yeah, titles. Yeah. It was Too Naked for Nazis that in 2015. So. We're going to have to look up what that one's about. Cause that, yeah. Okay, so actually, it has a... Um, yeah. So it's Too Naked for the Nazis. The true story of Wilson, Keppel, and Betty. Which yeah, it still sounds fake. So round five. I think you can get round five. Oh, I like this one. Okay. David Bowie, rock and roll ribbon art. Underwater camping. And the third one is Proceedings of the Second International Workshop on Nude Mice. <laughs> what? <laughs> so what was the subtitle for David Bowie? So David Bowie, rock and roll ribbon art. Fake. So just leaves two. So I'm underwater already wrong. I can, I can feel it. Underwater camping? Yeah, underwater camping is fake. So you stay with the proceedings of the second international yes. workshop on nude mice? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. 100%. Yes. And that's correct. Huh? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that was my cultural capital. Congratulations. Yeah, that was actually the very first Diagram Prize winner. Hmm. 1978, University of Tokyo Press. Round six. How to avoid huge ships. Nico, uh-uh, how to quit smoking. Midnight, and I want to read German. <laughs> Correct, and real publication was the first one. How to avoid huge ships, published in 1992 by Cornwell Maritime. Good. So you're getting better and better. Yeah, yeah really. you're catching on. Okay, last, last round. Round seven. Little Book of Boo-Boos, Band-Aids in the 21st Century, Busty Move, Beautiful Boob Jobs of the 90s, and Joy of Water Boiling. That's it? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's it. I like the, the Band-Aids. That's the one that was actually published. I like that one too, but it wasn't. Oh. It was the Joy of Water Boiling. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? And, um, How boring. Yeah. <laughs> that was this year's winter. That was or last, uh, last year's, year's winner. winner. And you have uh, Germany to thank for that one. That comes from Aschefellag. Really? In translation. <laughs> Joy of water. <laughs> um, so how many did you actually... Two. 
Two. two. Okay. Two okay. correct guesses. So Out of seven. You I'll should seven. do this to other teachers here as well. Just see how I <laughs> just compare. Well, thank you. Um, but thank you for talking to us about the Women's Prize for Fiction. Can we schedule you for a next interview? <laughs> <laughs> well, how much money? Uh, uh, cultural capital. Oh, that one. Mm. <laughs> Claire. Uh, champagne. And coffee. And what other liquids are sponsoring prizes? Milk. <laughs> no. <laughs> I also would like Perfect. to say, I think we should maybe conclude with predictions who will win. Yes. Oh. Mm -hmm. I really liked all of them. Um, <laughs> that doesn't happen too often, though. It doesn't happen yeah, too often. So it's it's a good choice. Yeah, um, I would agree. I think. Well, quick question: Did Silence of the Girls win the Costa Award? No. no, no, no. Then I think Silence of the Girls will win. I also would like Silence of the Girls to win. I'm not sure that it will, but it would be my choice. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I mean, they're two different questions. Which one would you like yeah. to win, and which one yeah. do you think will win? I haven't. I'm not part of the book club. If I were to choose just by the title, I'd go for My Sister the Serial Killer. Okay, fair enough. Because <laughs> that, that has an been awesome a dark title. horse this whole yeah. time, I think. It, I love the title. Um, it sounds like it has a lot of potential. Okay. Okay. I'd like to see Milkman win. I think, well, I can't say I think it will because it won the Booker Prize and we all know that never happens. I'm going to say My Sister the Serial Killer. Okay, so what's your choice? Um, so I... I did not read The Serial Killer. I um, almost finished The Ordinary People and I looked into Cersei. Cersei won't make it because Madeline Miller already won with Song of Achilles, mm -hmm. which is basically the same story as Silence of the Girls, so Silence of the Girls won't make it. Mm -hmm. Milkman won the Booker Prize. American Marriage is not good enough. It's a nice novel, but Ordinary People is much better crafted and from a um, prose perspective, she's a better writer. I think it's more... Uh, it's more quality. Um, it's about it's about two couples, so it's nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, ha, ha, ha. it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> so my guess. I, I'd like ordinary people to win. That was my most yeah. I had most fun reading that. Mm -hmm. So I have a blank with the serial killer because I just don't mm -hmm. know. But I would mm -hmm. go with you that it mm -hmm. might actually be the one that wins. Right. So if I had to bet, I would probably go with serial killer okay. just because uh, Jessica Eichmann said it won't win, so it probably, <laughs> <laughs> it probably will win, yeah. as she did yes. with the milkman. Okay. We'll see, we'll see. I, I guess we'll have to wait till the 5th, yeah. uh, and then we're gonna know. Yeah, yeah, June 5th. So let us know in the comments what your personal predictions are. We can also include a link to the reading guides for each shortlisted book oh, that yeah. are on the Women's Prize website. Thank you for listening, and... and thank you for letting us yes, interview you. you and taking the time. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye! Bye-bye. <laughs> 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 it's like a class, a German class. <laughs>